Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you know what's spookier than seeing a black cat on Halloween? I'll tell you. It's shaving your balls with anything other than Manscaped. Take it from me. When it comes to below-the-waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Go from a bite-sized candy bar to a king-sized candy bar and join the 2 million men worldwide by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code SPURS20. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SPURS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code SPURS20 at manscaped.com. Say trick or treat to your beautiful new Halloweeny with Manscaped. gives me enormous pleasure to say to you Spurs fans around the world, welcome to another Spurs show. It's Theo Delaney here in North London. I've got two esteemed guests with me here halfway through this confounded international break. First of all, welcome back, Richard Sealing. Thank you, Theo. Lovely to be back with you on the show. Uh, Likewise. Great to have you back. And Mr. Paul Hawksby's back. How are you, Paul? Yeah, good. Thanks, Theo. Not too bad. Slightly better after the Villa game, obviously. Yeah, my goodness, Mike, that was the shot in the arm we so desperately needed. Absolutely. But um, yeah, as we sit here, things are... It's a, it's a ridiculous football, isn't it, being a football fan? Because the despair was unconfined, wasn't it, before that? And yet here we are. We're thinking, yeah, things are all right, not bad. You're looking, <laughs> looking at a few... Yeah, you start picking a team in your head and you think, oh, I think it's not a bad team, actually. And It's so up and down. And we've had seasons like this before, haven't we, where you... God knows we've had them where you just go from the the pits of despair to to to, to, to you know even actually last season wasn't entirely unlike it when you think about it. No. Um, I suppose what we should do is is talk about the general p- picture. I just saw a headline before I came on on Twitter. I don't know if anyone else saw it. We said words to the effect of. I don't want to bring it down straight away, but I'm going to. Where's the effect of the players at Tottenham, many senior pros, 
very unhappy with Nuno's uh, coaching and his general uh, lack of communicativeness, if that is a word. Um, and so, you know, once again, we find that there is there is discontent in the camp. How how authentic do you do you think that those kind of rumblings are, Paul? I think you get stories like this surfacing when things are not going stunningly well. Um, I mean, you know, you maybe I, I thought maybe the Villa win might have taken the heat off of some of those stories because they get a bit of a head of steam up. I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's sort of quite convenient, isn't it? Um, I mean, would they be sort of briefing journalists? They know the players say we're not having him this soon. I mean, you know, he had a pretty good relationship with players at Wolves. Yeah. I have heard a couple of, and I understand that he's not the most bubbly of presences at no. the training ground. He kind of keeps himself to himself. Yeah. You know, he's not Harry Redknapp. No. Um, I was listening to a very entertaining chat that you might have with Michael Dawson talking about the difference, Harry, when he, he just kind of lifted yeah. the place. And I, I do sense, I do sense that maybe he's more in the one day Ramos camp than he is the Harry camp. But I, I don't know that for a fact. I'm getting that second hand from someone at the training ground. And, uh, but, you know, I mean, the, he has been a successful manager. He was a popular manager at Wolves. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know. What confuses me a bit about all this this stuff is, as you say, is that he was so popular at Wolves with everyone. I mean, the players, everyone in the club, all the staff, and even the wider community. He became a kind of folk hero in the wider community. He was always doing things for the local people, and you know, he was he was regarded and still is in Wolverhampton as a, as a as a great guy. You know, so so to be so quickly. Um, because this isn't the first I said I, you know, I saw this on Twitter before I came, but this is already a you know, it's a recurring theme to the rumblings. What do you think, Richard? Do you think do you think that possibly the, uh, players expect more of their manager? They expect them to be sort of avuncular, but also very sophisticated in terms of their methods and everything. Do you think it's it's just another example of player power getting out of hand? Well, I don't think it helps when Steve Hitching comes out with these comments saying that he's. It was nothing to do with him regarding his appointments. I think that's poor. Even if it's true, it mm. should not be put out there. I mean, there's definitely a media agenda against Spurs. Uh, if it isn't having to go at Daniel Levy, it's having to go at, you know, Harry Kane's agents or whatever. And I just think it's a continuation of that. They weren't happy with Mourinho. Some of them weren't happy with Pochettino. None of us know at this stage, unless I've missed something very important, why Mourinho was binned. Can anybody tell me that? Or do we have to wait for Daniel's Lee, Daniel Levy's book for that as well? <laughs> Paul, did, did we ever get to the bottom of that? I can't remember. No, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, who knows? I mean, I think we'd had enough of the football. Yeah. Really. I don't think we should look back to the halcyon days of Jose Mourinho. No, if, no, if, no. If, if we have to do that, we'll be going down this season. <laughs> yeah. Or we'll be in a relegation dogfight. Yeah, it, yes. was, it was pretty turgid stuff. Um, and, even, you know, when they lost those three games, it all rather have Mourinho back and I was thinking well no I don't think that's if that's the only alternative I'm not quite sure no I mean, the big question about Mourinho, I mean, this is, we're going over old stuff here, but with Mourinho, it wasn't so much that he went. I mean, they were all delighted to see the back of him. It was the timing, obviously, wasn't it? And that, that's what that's why it's such a mystery and, and a, quite an entertaining one. It's almost like a whodunit. I mean, what the what a weird time. Of all the times to fire him, that was the weirdest possible choice, wasn't it? Do you, do you, yeah. buy, into, do you buy into the fact that, re, that whoever was replacing arguably the most famous and well-known coach on the planet 
was always going to be under immense pressure and that the players, in fact, did look up to Mourinho and were sort of in awe of him. And anybody who'd come in would just be, apart from Pochettino probably, would have been on a hiding to nothing. Do you buy into that? Well, Martin Lipton said on uh, the Spurs show recently that the one difference, because I mean, there, there are obvious parallels actually between Mourinho and Nuno in the in the, in the football, basically the football and the strange selections and things like that so far. But let's remember, it's worth remembering he's only he's only done about he's only had about ten or eleven games in all competitions, hasn't he? But um, the football seems so far to be similar. Some of the selection, the strange unpredictability in the selections has been similar. But he said the difference, Martin said, is that the players, the senior players, respected um Mourinho and 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 sort of kind of liked him being there whereas he he was feeling at that now remember this conversation took place in the aftermath of the North London derby so yeah. at this point even a man normally quite measured like Martin Lipton yeah. is screaming for the head of Nuno <laughs> I mean literally wants him out at that point so you know we were all a bit overcome with emulsion at the time but <laughs> I think um yeah, I, I think the players. I think you're right. So that that I mean, what you what you say there, Richard, is is that they that, that it was always going to be a tough act to follow in terms of the stature and the presence, possibly of Mourinho, even though he was a, you know, a, in in many ways a poisonous presence. Um, I mean, and you know, you, when you've been a Spurs, I mean, I don't know how many hundreds of years we we clock up between us watching <laughs> Spurs, but when you've been doing it, it's like. It's like a cyclic. It's almost cyclical, isn't it? We've been we've seen so many managers, and it's interesting. Mentioning, Day. yeah, you and you mentioned Juan de Ramos. I mean, before Juan de Ramos, uh, we had Martin Joel, didn't we? Who was very popular. Yeah, very yeah. brilliant. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. And Ramos was unpopular, uh, and you almost feel like Mourinho and. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, you know, Nuno's come in after a couple of very, very high-profile managers, and he's maybe he's on a slight hiding to nothing, and maybe his taciturn kind of demeanour is not what they what they want these days because they were big personalities. Even though Mourinho was uh, a bit of a tosser in many ways, he was a big personality around the place. He felt like he was the main man. He was running things. Another thing I wonder is Paratici, because he has got a big personality, and from what I hear. He is a big presence and it feels almost like he's the boss striding around and that Nuno is simply the coach and that's it. And maybe that's thrown them. Yeah. I mean, he's been saying this week that uh, he's been over in Italy, isn't he? And yeah. a tournament thing. Harry Kane's very happy. We're delighted to have him and he loves Spurs. He's been... Yeah. Yeah. He's been saying this to the Italian press uh, this yeah. week. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, uh, yeah, I mean, the signings are quite interesting, really. I mean, the signings we made. There's some frustrations around it, certainly around Christian Romero. A lot of it is not of his own making. Came in injured. We've seen yeah. we've seen little moments from him in the games he's played, and he's looked he's looked past, he's looked a player, but with the international breaks and his injury. He's had no time to build out of steam up. And there's there's another bunch of games in South America next month. So it's going to be January, January, February. You might as well have bought him in January. I mean, we're not going to see anything from him until then. That's, I think, you know, I mean, we, we, you know, Paratici is going to be judged really on, on the signings he, he makes. Um, it's very early for Hill, but I like the look of Hill on the ball. I think, I think he looks good. I felt over the last couple of games that, that it was the European game and then the Villa game that suddenly they all made a bit of sense. I mean, Hill 
looks to be a really good player. He was che- uh, for some reason they didn't bring him on in the final Spain, but in the semi final, the Nations League semi final, they brought him on. Apparently, all the Spain fans were cheering wildly. In Spain, he's regarded as you know a kind of Grealish type of a mess- messiah, which is fantastically encouraging. Uh, Romero, I thought against Villa, especially suddenly I saw it. It suddenly came to me. I'm looking at him. And I think oh, I get it now. I see it. You're one of those defend. You're one of those great central defenders who know where to be, what to do, and you'll stick a, f- a sneaky foot in every now and then hurt hurt someone in a in a sneaky way. So I like that. And even I thought Royal, uh, who had looked a little bit lightweight, I thought against Villa, he suddenly looked looked pretty good. He looked like he put in a real shift. He looked suddenly quite tough, and he looked you know quick, and he looked like he. And suddenly I thought, bloody hell, hold on a minute. Maybe maybe we are in business here. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel more optimistic. But like you say, Paul, it's so stop-start with the South Americans going back there. and Yeah. So, you know, so he's had – I remember these are all the things that he's had to deal with, Nuno. He's had no luck at all. Everything's gone against no. him. Everything's he's gone had a lot him. of key injuries. He's had international breaks. He's not yeah. had a lot of time on the training ground. Yeah. I mean, look, it's not been the most auspicious start. But having said that, you know, you've got to give them, they've appointed the guy, they've got to give him a chance. And, uh, you know, we, we, we'll judge him once he's had the squad there, once he's started to put out the side, we'll look at how they play once he's got the team. It was interesting, Terry Gibson saying to you last week, saying on the podcast last week, the way, the sort of football we played at Valencia that was very exciting, very front foot, balls getting, you know, crossed into the box. I mean, you know, he's had other ways of playing over the years yeah. as a coach. So, yeah. you know, we, we just have to give him some time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Well, we'll talk, obviously, about the forthcoming fixture in a bit. But before we go to our break, I wanted to ask you, Richard, because it is tradition dictates on this show that you, if you, I know you've been on a couple of times before, but I'm not sure we've asked you this before. I wanted to ask you about your first ever visit to Tottenham Hotspur. Right. Well, the first game was an away game because being from the Northwest, oh, it was right, always yeah. going to be that way. Okay. So it was a, a place in Mossside, Manchester, which they used to call Main Road. Yes. Immediately after the double had been won, I think Hollerred was in goal, which worried me at the time, the team <laughs> sheet. And I think I'm going back to March 62. And the result was a resounding defeat, unfortunately, a 6-2 reverse. It was, six, it was 6-0 until the last minute, and Greaves got two. And I cried my bloody eyes out. Oh, no. And of course, <laughs> if you remember those games in Manchester... Bobby Charlton and his pomp as well. When Greaves put that goal in in November 65, the greatest goal ever, like he was skating on ice. Yeah. Of course, that was fantastic. But the reverse fixture was a 1-5 reverse. And that's the right. one I would have seen, you see. So I'd see the, I'd see the wins on TV, but yeah. I'd actually be there as some of these heavy defeats. But how bizarre is that to be at Main Road? Uh, if, if Jennings had been in goal, I'm sure... Oh, Brown, sorry, not Brown, Jennings. Yeah. He hadn't, jo- he hadn't jo- I'm sure it wouldn't have been 6 2, but it was. Well, I mean, and, that, you know. Yeah, I mean, that team was so incredibly good. That's, that's, that is a contender for greatest Tottenham team of all time because yeah. it's basically the double yeah. team plus Greaves, right? Yeah. They didn't yeah, get right. tonked that often. You, no. you must have been. I know. They, they <laughs> I mean, second. I'm tempted to say you should yeah. have stopped going right there. I, <laughs> well, there was, I, I think they were second that season, weren't they? Well, didn't Ipswich win it? Yeah, that's right. Which, they should have won it, but Ipswich yeah. won it under our Fremsey, yeah. If we hadn't lost it at home to Ipswich towards the end of the season, we'd have won it again, you know. So it was it was just one of those days where I think I, I, it wasn't just Hollerbread. I think there were people like Clayton in the team. It wasn't, you know, maybe oh, okay. Mackay did. I need okay. to check. But anyway, that yeah, was a, yeah. a game I'll never ever Crikey. forget, you know. Well, I know. You, you stuck with it, so fair play to you for I, that. I, 
I once, this, I'll be very quick. I once met a bloke in a pub in Bradford, the 4-3 game when, sorry, that's a Freudian slip. It would have been 4-3 if the game had continued another two minutes. The 3-all right. game when Ledley King scored after nine oh, seconds. Broke the record, yeah. yeah. He was in the pub over the road and they called him the memory man. Have you heard about this guy? No, no. He got on. I just said to him, right, tell me what the result was. Of that. And he knew every bloody result of Spurs wow. going right. The, he even told me what the weather was like in Manchester <laughs> that day. Honestly, anyway, that's enough of that for now. <laughs> we should get him on. The memory, we'll get, well, yeah. yeah. We're going to need a memory around. man on soon. To remember when man. we were winning trophies? We're going to need him. <laughs> he was a genius. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's go for a quick. Let's go for a quick break. We are back now. Let me just remind everyone before we look forward to our uh, forthcoming date with Newcastle United that for premium content, including a daily news show, ex-player interviews and original documentary series on Spurs, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Spurs show and support our show in the process. Like uh, Keith Fields, Steve Odell, Peter Armstrong, they've all done it this week. They've all signed up this week. Uh, Spurs show live season ticket events this season. We've got a new, we've got one coming up with Nutty Naylor very shortly, who's got a new book coming out. So you can sign up for those by going to season.spursshow.net. Uh, you sign up for the season, you get tickets for all of our live events. Did an excellent one with uh, Michael Dawson, which has already been mentioned recently. Really, really good. Um, the big Christmas show, which I'm extremely excited about, takes place on my mum's birthday, December the 6th. So I don't know if I'll be able to persuade her to come. We'll see. Um, at the 100 Club. And what a lineup. Chivers, Mullery, Jennings, Pratt, Perriman and Beal. That's not a bad six-a-side side, is it? If you go to xmas.spursshow.net, you can get ticket packages there. And actually, you know, I don't think we've ever done this before, but there is... There are premium packages which do involve having dinner with those six legends uh, that night. So have a look into that at xmas.spursshow.net. Do follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And please leave us a nice review on iTunes. Next week, by the way, you've got Chris Porras, Adam Powley and Hannah Barlow. So there we are. That's the housekeeping done. Now, um, I... And I th- I'm due to be going up, would you believe, to St. James's well, Park on Sunday. Um, Am I a lunatic to be doing that, Paul? Am I, well, have I taken leave of my senses? It is just our luck, isn't it? I mean, you probably <laughs> bought those tickets safe in the knowledge you're going to come up against an under-par uh, Newcastle in a sort of three-quarters full stadium. But uh, I, I was reading today, this is the first time they've sold the stadium out two and a half years. Wow. So it's completely sold out. You wow. cannot buy, apparently, an Arab Sheikh fancy dress outfit <laughs> in the whole of the North East. No, they have. They've sold out. If there's any chance of Tottenham Chancellor listeners, go up in a van, buy up all the Arab Sheikh um, uh, outfits you can find in London and sell them outside St. James's Park. You, you'll be a millionaire. It's, uh, <laughs> so it's just it's such a Dr. Tottenham thing, isn't it? Yeah. You need to yeah. get the new regime underway. Yeah. It will be like a white hot atmosphere. Well, yeah. what we've got to do, though, is get at them. I think yes. we're passive in that game because yes. they're going to, if we can get an early goal and, and, and shut them yeah. up, it could be very, very different. And, you know, it could be one of those games where Kawhi's saying, proves how much work they've got to do. But if they score first in that environment, it's going to be very hard. So I, I, we cannot be good old passive Spurs the no. way we were 
at, at Arsenal because no chance, you know no. that would just play right into their hands. Yeah, totally agree. But I mean, it's worth remembering they are not very good as a football team. I mean, so really, that's that's the reason we got to go after them haven't we? because they they haven't. I don't think have they won a game. I don't know. I'm not not sure they have. No. What do you think, Richard? Do you think we can um, get there and get a result in the circumstances? They've got players coming back, haven't they? Lasalle's and Callum Wilson are evidently getting oh, back okay. into full training, which doesn't help. No. And, of course, this Alan sent Maximum, if we... I don't know who we're going to put on him. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I think back with horror to that dreadful showing there last season when Rodon and Sanchez were left stranded when that cross kept... We're winning 2-1, and the two mm. of them were ball-watching. The header yeah. went back across goal, and that ex-Arsenal lad ran in and hammered it in the net. And yeah. that was well, one of the yeah. It was a yeah. shocking new thing that was because we should have been out of sight. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, it could go one of either two ways at the weekend, really, because uh, the talking about Lampard has been nailed on now, aren't they? Will they bring him in by that game? I'm not so sure. The lad that's the assistant to Steve Bruce plays a completely different type of football. I was talking to one of my friends today in the northeast. Mm. That's how I know about this, and he's yeah. certainly he's certainly Gannon. Uh, he reckons that, you know, Steve Bruce, so they call Cabbage Head up there, by the way, but I think he's quite, quite a nice guy. He's going to get eight million payoff. Yeah. And this other, this other guy, he doesn't get on with, by the way, may take charge. So it's in the stars, isn't it? But do you know what? It's a game we can't, after the last four games, of which we've only taken three points, we've got to win it. And then West Ham, we've got to win that somehow as well. They're key games, because isn't it United the week after that? I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, we, we've got to at least get something out of that Newcastle game. It'll. Mm. I don't think it was it going to be on TV. As it was, it always on. Yeah, TV? I think it is always it, was. It is, funny yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, because okay. it was at four thirty. Yeah. yeah. We're going to get the Argentinians back, aren't we? The change to the rules means that uh, the Brazilians can't, but the Argentinians can because I, they're not red list. So effectively, if they get back, they get back in time. I don't believe they have to quarantine now. But I mean, also. The frustration is Lascelso had a brilliant game. He's, if you've seen his numbers the other day, absolutely fantastic. And what I mean, playing in the middle, um, he just was completely running the show. And you think, why don't we see that? I mean, we've not quite seen it at Tottenham, have we? We've, I mean, again, you see the old glimpse of, of yeah. But he's never had a. You've got to give him. You've got to give him a run of games. He's never ever had a long run of games, has he? At no, all. no. That, I mean, even in Dumble, even in has been given a long run of games. But, yeah. but he is. I don't think he's ever played started. I can't think of a time where he's ever started four games in a row, and certainly not in the centre of midfield because very often they play him on the periphery, don't they? They play yeah, him in a wide. Play, on, play him wide. So, yeah. so it just seems. I totally agree. You look at him playing for Argentina. He looks like a world class player. He does not look out of place playing alongside Lionel Messi. No. Uh, so you've got to play him. You've got, it's got to be at least worth trying. And there is a vacancy there because Ndombele, who I love in many ways, because he's so endearing because he has got tricks and talent, which is completely unique. You know, he, he, but he looks like a kind of cult player. He looks like a latter-day, well, I don't know about looks literally, but he is, he's like a latter-day Alfie Con, isn't he? Yeah. Where he's, he's just Ooh, full of so much flair. He's such, so much flair. Yeah, do you remember well, that 5-2 win in 78, was it? He scored oh, hat-trick. No, I don't. Newcastle. I tell you what, you're doing a good impression there. of memory, memory man yourself, <laughs> we, there. He's, he's a memory <laughs> man too. Yeah. Away wins were so precious then, back in yeah. those days. And I can remember where I was. 
But I'm delighted about the Argentinians, Paul. I didn't know about that. The Celso's mm. fabulous, but he's been dogged by injuries. He was never injured before he came to us, but it's been one interruption after another. So if we can protect him with Skip and Hoiberg on Saturday, on Sunday, then yeah, great. Yeah. Let's get him out there. Get mean, at him. Whether whether he throws them in, I don't know because they would. I think they're going to get back on Thursday or Friday, and then they're going to go up to Newcastle straight away and then play. So I don't know, but it does mean that certainly they haven't got a quarantine. We haven't got that same situation where yeah, you know, they're stuck in the Spurs training ground in a bubble and. Uh, just trading away from everybody else. It is a, it's a big miss if we... Because the Brazilians will be... I mean, Lucas Moura has been important, hasn't he? And uh, and as I said, uh, Emerson Royal has been... Um, it's, it was really encouraging in the last game, so it's bad timing there. Mm, yeah. And also... Um, and then, then if the Argentinians are cream-crackered and can only like do do a half an hour or something, that's, that's a big miss as well. Because Romero, as I say, he suddenly looked like he was settling in nicely... And Lacelso, yeah, I mean, a fully functioning, fully fit Lacelso would be an asset. But um, he played last time a kind of four-two-three-one, which to me always is a, is a good formation for the players that we have. He started this season with a, playing four-three-three. The one of the great mysteries, of course, about Nuno is that he made his name playing three at the back, and he just refuses point blank to ever do that now. But do you <laughs> think he'll play a similar? Do you think he'll c- continue to do that, or do you think he'll do? Because what he did at bloody. Uh, Palace as he threw Winks in with with um oh, I was oh, God. I mean I, you know <laughs> yeah. God forbid but he played Hoiberg and Skip and and uh, Winks and we all know what the consequences were so what what can you see him doing do you think he'll uh, after Villa do you think he'll stick with the same shape I like Hoiberg and um, Skip at the back of the midfield personally yeah I think he I think he probably will I mean having having won that game they just needed that third goal to make it comfortable it was a lot more nervy than it need be because we couldn't get that third against Villa. But, but yeah, I think he'd be, you know, having found a, a, a formula that works at the moment, he's got to try and stick to that as much as he can, I think. So he's just got to decide who to put in instead of uh, Lucas Moura. So he mm. could put in, uh, he could, he could put Brian in. Well, Ma- or- I, don't think, I don't think Moura was, was Moura called up to the Brazilian squad. I don't, I'm not altogether sure he was. So I don't think he's. Oh, you're right. He probably wasn't. No, you're probably right. So he's been training. So I I, I think he's probably all right. No, he'll start then. He'll definitely start. He'll definitely start. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And he's, he's good for, especially for away games. He's a great outlet, isn't he? He'll, he'll scurry around and hold the ball up and run with the ball and do a lot of hard work and. Something that struck me the other day watching the England game, because he was captain in England the other night, and I know it was Andorra, but I, I, I never quite got my head around why Tottenham sold Kieran yeah. Trippier. Yeah. He had one bad season, yeah. and he had one bad season when he got in the England team and played in the World Cup and got a bit carried away with himself. He admitted that afterwards. He, he looked like a bloke who was he'd lost sight of the basics, started to play in a different way, became a very different footballer, was trying little tricks and flicks. Remember that that game? Was it the Wolves game? We ultimately won, but he got um, Foy into trouble. You know, and he started to play, he started to become England's Kieran Trippier. And he admitted afterwards that, so after that season, having established that, having worked out that this was still a good player that was worth nurturing, we shipped him out. What does he do? He goes and wins the Spanish title. We still... A nailed on England player. I just I find it staggering, really, that that the coaches couldn't see that this was just a it was a blip. It was one bad season, and, and with good work, they could make yeah. him bounce back. It's staggering. You got an England captain that we that we let go relatively cheaply. 
I think the final straw was that Crystal Palace game when he missed that penalty. Um, but I, I've got to say, I thought he went far. Whether he's, I mean, obviously he, he ultimately displaced Kyle Walker. If he hadn't been there, Kyle Walker would not have left at Tottenham Hotspur. So we 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 ended up getting rid of them both. Twenty million seemed far too cheap, as it did, if I might say, Alderweireld for four million. What's all that about? I mean, I just couldn't get my head around that. That's not a Daniel Levy move. I don't. I didn't get that. He was just getting such high wages. I think oh, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, that's what I think they were trying to get him off the wage bill. I mean, yeah. I mean, what about letting Aurier go for absolutely for free? I mean, he was yeah, yeah. what is he twenty eight <laughs> right. years of age? Uh, but I mean, you know, obviously he wasn't loved by all the fans, but he must be worth more than nothing, surely. Uh, well, he's, <laughs> I think they he's, paid him. They paid yeah, him to go. Didn't they, they, they paid, paid him off, off his contract? I mean, that, well, that yeah, was yeah. that to me was a, a bizarre. I mean, he's but, landed yeah. now at Villarreal, right? Yeah. He's probably got himself a lovely big contract there. He's probably pinching himself, thinking, "Did that really just happen? That doesn't happen to footballers at that level." You know, very yeah. strange. Without wishing to criticise any of our players, I'm yet to see the best of uh, Doherty, and he made his debut oh, against yeah. Everton. He made his debut against Everton that one nil defeat yeah. just before half time. You might remember he had a golden opportunity to score, which he would have put away when he was at Wolves. And I firmly believe if that had gone in. And it was an easy chance. It would have been a different, different for him. And he's never got going. He's never got going, has he? And you know, I was yeah. amazed. I was amazed he stayed with us for mutually. I thought it was in everybody's interest for him to to go and play for. I don't know. I don't even know. But you know, he, he's but not. Again, gonna, he's he's not probably get back on massive. He's probably yeah. on massive wages that, that yeah, he probably yeah. would find difficult to get no, elsewhere. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And also, the other thing about him was. He, again, it all goes back to the mystery of the Nuno and the three at the back thing because when he was flying and was really rated, had amazing stats for, like, assists and goals from... He was a wing-back in, in playing the side of a three-man defence. So he's never done that, really. I mean, I think Mourinho tried that a couple of times, but basically he's never done that. He's been he's only been ever played at right-back in a back-four and he just looks completely, you know, extremely ordinary. Even when he's played in a three, to be fair, three, I mean, he's not looked great for Tottenham. No. He's, he, no. I mean, I saw him, I, I mean, you saw him play against, I went to the Passos de Ferreira game and again, he, you know, this was against not a particularly strong Portuguese side. And he weren't really able to. He's got that. He's got that Ben Davis thing of hitting the first man every time he crosses the ball. It's just again, it, it's infuriating because he did look very good at Wolves. I said we. It's too, too many times we pick players up. There's something about that white shirt. It must be made of chain mail. <laughs> yeah. They just they just as soon as they, it must weigh so heavy, they pull that on. Even Regulon to an extent. And I watched him at Seville. The, the chance uh, in the game recently where he could have shot and. Crossed it into was that the Arsenal game to Lascelles trying to pass the ball in, you know. If, uh, if he was at Seville, he would have drilled that, put it in the net. And I, I just I look at him and I think, look, yeah, you see glimpses, but you don't see enough consistency from players that have looked much better when they were playing somewhere else. But it's interesting because what you're talking about there is psychology, isn't it? You're talking about people's. I mean, another thing that Michael Dawson was brilliant on the other week was he was really, really talked a lot about confidence and about how players feel. So as he said, he talked about, you know, uh, Redknapp coming in and changing the whole atmosphere by letting him have ketchup and butter. Yeah. But he, obviously, he was he was making a general point. That, and when you look at when we were so good under Pochettino, you know, one of the best teams we've ever seen when it was flying. And of course, it featured people like Walker and Trippier. 
I mean, fancy having them as first and second choices, your right backs. Now it seems like, my God, it, it's just like some sort of halcyon days, wasn't it? But <laughs> the thing that Pochettino achieved, which is what all the great managers achieve, especially modern managers, but generally, even in the history, is he achieved a feeling, a great feeling amongst the, the players. They felt mm. good. They enjoyed what they were doing. They were satisfied with what they were doing. They found it fulfilling. And there, and they felt confident. They felt confident to do it. The type of football he was playing was all that front foot football pressing. And what you're describing, Paul, is absolutely right. People like people who have done it in previous clubs under different managers have had that confidence, have gone forward, have tried stuff, have, have sh- you know, taken chances. Now they look tentative and they don't look entirely happy. And I, I've, always, I've always thought that. I remember watching teams, even in the grim 90s, watching and you just look at the team and you just think they're not happy. They don't look happy. And of course, some people say, oh, poor footballers, oh, they all earn 100 grand a week. Boo-hoo, they're not happy. But <laughs> you have to be happy to perform at your yeah. best. And, sure. the, and when they're not, and there was no happiness under Mourinho, of course. So the happiness had sapped away at the end of Pochettino. And there's, and it is not happy under Nuno yet. The only thing about Nuno is he had them happy at Wolves in his penultimate season. So there is a possibility he will nurture some happiness. But that's the worst thing about it. And when, when we talk about those players and what they, what they, they seem to underperform, a lot of it always seems to be in the head to me. And that's, it's a, it's a worry, isn't it? It is a worry, Have you yeah. seen the story that um, apparently the staff at Spurs are now allowed to take their dogs to work? It's like <laughs> a kind of, um, it's like a sort of uh, a support animal. I think they can, they can bring, they can, so people in the offices can can take their dogs in. So I wonder if maybe, you know, they always cheer you up, don't they? So maybe we just a couple of Labradors down at the training ground. A couple of in-house they're, they're Labradors. Always, maybe that's, maybe that's the secret. Maybe we just yeah. need a, we just need a couple of dogs permanently down at the training ground. So, the boys are getting stressed, or Nuno's being miserable. Just going yeah. like a little petting corner. Maybe that's good idea. Maybe that's I what like Matt, it. That's what Doherty needs. He just needs a dog to pet, and it'll yeah. all completely change. Or maybe they should all be allowed—I don't know—booze <laughs> or, or but they should all put put them all on the on the happy pills or something. Something's got to be done. Something <laughs> yeah. has got to be done because you know they don't. You watch them come out of the tunnel; their their whole body language. That well, Villa. I mean, to be fair, again, Villa—they looked a little bit more more up for it but um it's a concern it really is I, I worry about it and um and uh, yeah the right back question the very fact that we're choosing you know we're talking about people like Aurier and Doherty and, and Royale maybe shows some I mean uh, Tanganga's a good player isn't he but very. I think he's more of, more of a centre-back I think yeah, he's probably. good he is I good. like him yeah I, like I him. do I do and Hoiberg's an absolute brilliant leader I love him yeah I love Hoiberg it must be Graham Roberts he really does yeah, and that's that's quite something because we could. Yeah, I mean, I think there's loads of there's loads of good there's a lot of good talent in there, which again is another reason to to worry Ooh. about the lack <laughs> of esprit de corps because it's not like there's a lack of there's enormous lack of quality. Maybe in some some positions there is more than others, but the the, the general quality looks pretty good. So then it's only about um, getting them playing in a way that they all believing, isn't it? Isn't it? We're getting them united and, and, and feeling. Well, I mean, look, we, we desperately do need a player who can pick a pass. We keep saying we haven't replaced Ericsson. And I know he doesn't look like, like, but if you look at, if you look at the Celso play for Argentina, yeah. that's what, exactly look. what he's doing. Yeah. He looks like a player who can pick a pass yeah. and play someone in. He should be. And I saw in that pass last game, Brian Hill kept coming inside. He wanted the ball all the time. That yeah. is someone who's, enthusiastic and constantly yes. wants the ball and gets the plays with his head up and gets the team going. 
Yeah. And I think I think potentially one day there's a number 10 in him. I mean, it's very early days. I do as well, But, yeah. you know, we, we just, we do need that player. And it does seem bizarre that, you know, we've got a guy supplying bullets for Messi and Lotaro yeah. Martinez. Yeah. Um, but we don't think he's good enough to do it for Harry it. Kane or Sonny. Yeah. It's bizarre. Where do you stand on Ndombele, Paul? Oh, it's, it's, it's so frustrating because yeah. I know I don't listen to Rob White the other week on the podcast and he's getting fed up with people saying, you know, I know there's a player in there because ultimately you have to prove it. You have to prove it on a regular basis. So that, that's been the frustration. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm beginning to wonder whether we're, we're ever going to get the best out of him, whether we're ever going to see whether the, the Ndombele that we thought we'd, we'd all bought, you know, or whether we, we made an error giving a guy such a huge contract on huge money. I mean, my, I was talking to someone recently Part of the problem seems to be that he has, I think there's a little entourage around him that keeps telling him he's brilliant and he's too good, you know, he's almost too good for Tottenham and he should be at Barcelona or he should be at Real Madrid. He's not proving that, is he? And he's got like a bunch of hype men telling him how great he is. And, you know, that's not helpful, I don't think, especially when you're not playing that well and you just think, well, this is a a stepping stone. But this is it. This is his chance. I mean, if he bombs at Tottenham, no one's going to pay the kind of money that we did for him ever again. Um, so it, I, I, it does seem odd, really, that, that he can't step up and he can't put a run of games together. He can't be consistent and he can't seem to sort of attain the level of fitness that gets him to play 90 minutes. And then you look at the financial implications of all of that. You look at the fact that you've played, paid £50, £60 million pounds to get him. The fact that you're paying him, I don't know, two, two, 150 200 grand a week. A week. And then you look at it from a purely from a business point of view, which I, I dare say Daniel Levy does once in a while. And you think, Christ, the amount of money we've invested in him, but also the amount of a hit we would take if we don't sell him for, you know, at least something like that. And then you think, well, how does he keep getting in the team? Because I do like him and he does do good things. But overall, you look at, like you say, you look at what Lo Celso's doing in that position for Argentina, it doesn't really make sense for him to be starting necessarily week after week, unless you're thinking we've got to get, we've got to offload him, and it's it's very hard to offload him out of the reserves. Yeah, but I mean, no one's going to mean if you were to sell him now. What do you get based on what you've seen? You know, in, in, if if you were if you were a club looking to buy him, you'd be very very concerned about what's happened at Tottenham that it wouldn't happen at your club. Why would it be any different? The best you could hope for is to send him out on loan for half a season with a hope that they would, with, no one would take an obligation to buy, but with an option to buy. But the other, because of course, of course, the other question is, I don't know how long he's got on this contract, but nobody is going to be paying him 200 grand a week the way he's been. So then you're in a situation where if you do send him out on loan like that, or even if you try and sell him, you're probably going to have to chip in for his wages. You know, I think he's actually on a bit more than that to depress you. Oh, my more, God. Oh my God! I think I think yeah. I think the difference between him and Lacelso is that Lacelso is playing for his national team, but and and Dombley was dropped like a hot yeah. potato by France. So he's got no. There's nobody else. If, if he was playing well for them and yeah. rubbish for us, mm-hmm. we'd have some lights at the end of the tunnel. But yeah. it's, it's a bit like Delhi, isn't it? We haven't mentioned yet. Yeah. You know, he's out of the England. So he's never going to get back in, and I don't think Ndombele will for France. And that's a damning indictment, a damning indictment on his talent. Because you think he'd play in, in that France team, you think he'd be a shoo-in, really, with those players around him. It, it, there's something badly wrong with that whole setup with Ndombele. I agree with you. He's the most wonderful, typical, brilliant Spurs player, and does the most wonderful things 
but he's just got that can't be arsed look about him all the time. And he, he has, <laughs> yeah. though, hasn't he? You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. you know, in the Premiership, it, it won't wash. It won't and wash. The more, the more you think about it, the more you realise that what you need is a manager who is going to come in and really infuse the players. And the ones that he just refused to be infused, ship them out. So this is what Pochettino did when he arrived, didn't he? He basically, he spent the first few weeks assessing it all and he got those who bought into him really bought in and those who didn't, who were mm. sulky or thought they were too senior for it or too good for it, he got rid of them. And I They were relatively think, expendable. That was the difference. They were. Yeah, they were exactly. They, were all, they didn't they were cost as much pros. money. No. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the jobs, I'm sure one of the things that, that Nuno was told was, much like Mourinho was, we spent 50-odd million quid on this guy. You've got to get yeah. a tune out of him. These are yeah. the players you have to get a tune out yeah. of because they're not yeah. going anywhere because we can't sell them. So yeah. we need to get... So, I mean, that's the thing. You know, that's, yeah. The manager's told that. They come in on that the que- basis. The question is, is he that type? Of, is he the manager? If you look at the great, the great managers of recent years, Pochettino, Guardiola, Klopp, uh, they all go... You can see why they can go in and get players motivated and charged up and everything and they do the big they've got big personalities and they're everybody's best mate as long as everyone buys in and pulls their weight and Nuno personality wise which comes back to the very first thing we talked about which are these stories about him not imposing his personality is he does he lack does he lack that key quality that when you're dealing with players of this highly paid and this valuable that you have to have and I, I wonder if he's I just wonder if he's got it. But not only has he got it or has he not got it, where do you get someone like that? Because I've got, well, I can only name three or four that are around, you know, in the, in the yeah. whole bloody world of football. I mean, Newcastle are in the market for one, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about Jurgen Klinsmann? Well, his, his, his managerial record has not been great. And I, I think, you know, he's he's also someone that, that's had a few problems in the dressing room when he's gone into yeah. managerial setup. So... He's a lovely guy. I, I interviewed him a little while ago for something we did on TalkSport during the Euros. And he is an absolutely lovely guy. And it's hard to kind of tally that with some of the stories you hear about sort of when he's been in a managerial position. But that would be high risk, uh, yeah. really. It would be populist, but it would be high risk. I mean. he, he has oh, a no, habit. Yeah. He does fall out with people, doesn't he, when he's employed. He does end up having, I mean, they had a mostly bizarre short reign at Bayern Munich, didn't he? Yeah, he just stormed out very, very quickly, and of course, so, <laughs> he uh, he had a strange ending to his first spell at Spurs as well, as we all know. Yeah. That. <laughs> and, and the other problem you've got is when you've got a director of football like that, you have to be able to find somebody who can work with that director of football. So Peradici, that was his his appointment. You know, he wanted Nuno in because he thought it was someone he knew, somebody he could work with. You know, you can't have a situation where. You've got a director of football and a manager that are completely at odds with each other. They need to have a relationship. So that does kind of limit any rep- – we've come around to replacing him now. We were saying 20 minutes ago, give him, give a, him chance. a chance. Yeah, we've got <laughs> now we're, now yeah. we're looking for a Newcastle's car stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what, oh, well. Just before we go, we'll talk. We'll, I'll ask you for predictions. But what do you? I mean, the, what do you think the implications are of this Newcastle situation? Because here we are, struggling, falling away, like the Arsenal. Thank God the Arsenal are as well. But that's one crumb of comfort. But falling, you can actually see us 
falling away from the leading pack in the Premier League. That It was a big six. It's looking increasingly like a big four now that we're not in. And we've got to try whatever we can to get back in it. But all of a sudden, doesn't it look like there's going to be a new player also trying to break into that top four? And, and does this, doesn't it make it 10 times harder? Oh, it does. Absolutely. I mean, that, you know, I, I was reading Kieran Maguire, um, the, the football finance expert, saying the other day, you know, financial fair play in the Premier League is much easier to circumnavigate than it is in, in Europe, in UEFA competition. So they're only going to really have problems when they're back in Europe. But for now, and the fact that Ashley, for all of his faults, has actually left them in a profit from an FFP point of view because he's not spent bugger all. Yeah. So, they could they could they could have in that initial splurge two hundred and fifty million quid without touching the sides. Yeah, and you can do it. I'm not, you know, that's not going to turn them into Chelsea or City uh, overnight, but it's going to put a dent into those teams that are anything from sort of fifth. It's a new player in town in that fifth to eighth setup that we are in with Leicester and the Goons and you know Everton, arguably Newcastle. You know, that's somebody else we've got to take down to try and get anywhere near the top four. You know, we know we know what our chairman's attitude is towards spending we're not going to go out and spend that kind of money so no it, i think it is it, it is worrying from tottenham's point of view yeah i mean no wonder all the other i mean no wonder levy, levy apparently has been fingered as the one who was most upset by him and you can so easy to see why he's thinking just when i've got the bloody stadium and everything and now this first covid now this <laughs> jesus christ still Ooh. never mind uh, oh, well. Let's do let's do predictions. Though it sounds to me like if we're going to beat Newcastle. We better do it quickly before they become, un- <laughs> before they become bloody. What do you think we can do up there on Sunday, Richard? Ooh, depending on the team that they've got available, I think we could nick it two one. But I've got draw in my heart as as as, as I really have. I, I see us going ahead, and then um, the crowd's urging them on. So I'll have to settle for a point. I'm afraid there on this in the current circumstances. Okay. Paul, what do you think? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with Richard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be at all surprised. If we got out of them early, got an early goal, shut them up, and then built on that, who knows? But my gut feeling is, especially the week after an international week with lots of players coming back and having played midweek, and a lot of their Newcastle players aren't really involved in the international setup in quite the same way. I'll go, I'll go, I'll be, I'll go two each. Right. Okay, well, I'm going to say we're going to win 2 0, but I've got to say oh, that, haven't I? Good man. You're going, I've man. got to say it because I'm going up yeah, there. Yeah. And um, gentlemen, I really appreciate your time here. This has been a, a, a very enjoyable conversation. Thank you very much, Richard, and thank, thank you, Paul. Pleasure. Uh, no problem. And uh, let's all keep our fingers crossed. And that's all we can do, really, isn't it? And, yeah. um, <laughs> and thanks, everyone, for listening. This is Theo Delaney in North London saying. Get you, Spurs. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.